Welcome everybody to the Diecast Movie Podcast. For this episode, we have a special interview brought to you by my dad. Take it away, dad. Hello everybody. Welcome to the latest episode of the Diecast Movie Podcast where we do movies decided by the roll of a die and we also do interviews and today I am lucky to be doing an interview with the one and only Linda Gay Scott. Some of you remember her from as Moth from the Batman TV series, also one of the Aliens and Lost in Space, Westworld, where she played Arlette, but also she's done a lot of other movies and a lot of other things. How are you doing today, Linda? I'm doing fantastically. Thank you for asking. Oh, you're welcome. And this is one of the interviews I've been looking forward to the most to do in the last several months. It's taken a while for you and I to, to work out the schedules, but we finally got it together. Yes. And one of the things I mentioned, you've done a lot of TV shows and movies, but one thing I want to mention right off the top is you also do a podcast, Linda's Bumpy Ride. Yes, true. And if you want to give listeners a little bit of an idea what that podcast is about, because I've enjoyed it. You have seven episodes out, and I believe episode number eight is coming out soon as we record this. Yes, absolutely true. That will be Bonanza. That'll be the, I did two Bonanzas and it will be one Bonanza um, called Deck of Aces. And that is where, <clears throat> excuse me, that is where um, uh, Cartwright uh, played by, you know who. Lauren Green? Exactly, Lauren Green. Yes. He's playing two parts. It's a double. And he plays the bad guy and he plays himself, um, you know, part of the ranch, et cetera, et cetera. So it's a very, very exciting one. And I have I have it uh, done, but we're just recording it um, at this moment. Well, not this moment because I'm talking with you, but, um, but, um, yes, it'll be out. I would assume by tomorrow. Also listeners, when the time you hear this, it'll be out already. And she has, like I said, seven other episodes out and they range from Gidget to Bruce Lee to Westworld, but all of them are interspaced with parts of your life as it's going through those different times. Yes, it's very true. And what I start with is my childhood. And um, I was born with asthma very, very badly and trips to the hospital constantly. And then um, as I, you know, grew, uh, we, we had to move from where we were living in Brentwood. And then we moved to Encino. Anyway, the bottom line is that my first podcast is all about my beginning in life and what happened and, and so forth and so on. So it's, um, and it goes through up to my teenage life and uh, going to school with um, Frank Sinatra's son and uh, many other stars, et cetera, et cetera, and me just going into womanhood and finding bumps on my, bra on my <laughs> chest. <laughs> so it's kind of, it's kind of cute and um, it definitely is funny. And um, so that's, that's that. But that is the first podcast that I started. Oh, and I'm looking forward to, like I said, the Bonanza episode that you're going to be putting out. So at least I know it's coming out for me real soon uh, for listeners. Yep. It'll be already out there. And then, 
Um, you, you put them out, it seems like every few months you have a new episode that comes out. Well, I'm trying to do it more often. I'm, I'm absolutely trying to do it more often, but I've got, I have thousands of <laughs> fans and followers and um, many, many people that are <laughs> just, uh, it's unbelievably uh, shocking as to how many people have been coming from all over the world, not physically, but through um the contacts and, and so forth. And so it's just been rather, well, I would say it's been quite extraordinary and very surprising for me. I can imagine because if you're, you have a Facebook page, you also have a website and all that stuff going on and people finally being able to reach out to you. And I guess for a while there, you didn't know, how much people really enjoyed your work until you, and now you're going to conventions and everything else. And you're finally being able to see people in person. Well, I was very, very surprised. Um, extremely. Actually, I had started my website and then I got hacked mm. and that was only within a few months and it was just horrendous. I was totally blown away. I, I, I'd never experienced anything like that. So in any case, um, we got, finally, we got our, got ourselves back together and, um, I was able to take care of everything with the bank and cause they really, really went into me, uh, the hackers. So, um, anyway, now, uh, I've got over 5,000 fans and, and I've got thousands of other, it's just like, Wow. And I'm doing my best to get back to all of the people. And it's like around the clock. Uh, I, I, I really want to, and I'm, and I'm able to talk with them. I mean, w actually relate with them and speak with, not speak verbally but as I'm speaking to you, but to um, communicate. Let me put it that way. And it's, it's super. It's, really, really super. And right now I'm finishing, as I mentioned earlier, um, I'm finishing the Ben Cartwright, um, deck of aces. I'm looking, Bonanza. I'm looking forward to it. And you, you brought up earlier how you grew up around people from old school Hollywood in your neighborhoods and that kind of stuff. So I guess when you went to school, what, what was it like? Cause I guess to you, they were just like, Oh, that's my neighbor. Well, when I, I mentioned in my first podcast that um, I went to Brentwood School and then at the age of like six, I won, um, <laughs> well, my, my family dressed me up as a bride and I won the best costume, et cetera, et cetera. And I have a photograph, which I, I think it's in, it's in my website. Uh, it has to do with, I won for best costume and, and prettiest little girl. And that was uh, Cesar Romero. And I have a photograph of him with me and my mom. And um, so that's how everything started. But my asthma was so bad that I had to go to um, live in Encino, which was a drier area because of my uh, asthma. And, uh, and then 
all of the people around with Roy Rogers. And, and of course I was just a little girl, but at that time they were, they were all over the place. Uh, Clark Gable and, and my mom and dad were, you know, they were going, Oh, that was pretty good. (laughs) But um, for me, I was just a child and it wasn't any big deal. And then I was raised like that. I was, I had all over the place. I was just raised with people that were well-known, Frank Sinatra. And um, I went to school with his son. And um, they're just people all over the place. So it was no big deal for me. As I was gonna say, and not only that, but you learned how to ride a horse, or at least maybe you didn't learn, but you were riding horses on Roy Rogers' property. Oh, yes, definitely, 100%. <laughs> So, so did Roy Rogers t- help teach you how to ride, or was it people on the ranch? I mean, I'm, ju- I'm curious, because you, know, you brought that up in one of your episodes, but you never said, like, who really taught you how to ride? Well, it was he. He was there, Roy and Dale Evans, and they had uh, several children. Some of them were adopted, and one of them uh, that I was close with, her name also was Linda, and she and I were good friends. And um, so we would go riding and and things of that nature. And um, there was also a movie studio not far away from where I lived in Encino. And um, we would be invited to go over there while they were filming. And I remember, um, I'm I'm trying to, I'm, oh, he's, um, was it Robert Mitchum? Um, I think it was Robert Mitchum. Yes, Robert Mitchum. And he saw my mother and he just got so delighted. And he, anyway, <laughs> we were there and it was just all part of growing up, et cetera, et cetera. And um, it was, for me, it was, you know, not any big deal, but at least I outgrew my, um, my asthma. That's the key thing, because you know your health. If you don't have your health, you know it, 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 it's gonna be. A, if you don't have your health, you ain't got nothing. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> right. Now, what led you to go into becoming an actress? Because I know you, you've done you you can sing. You you've done modeling. You've done acting, and you've done a lot of bit of a little bit of everything and a lot of some things. <laughs> Well, you see, um, also I talk about my grandmother because she was known as the woman with a hundred voices and she was, she just did so many things. Uh, she was one of the, she won awards for being the, um, for speaking. She did all, so many of the, um, Sounds, um, not sounds, but the uh, voiceovers for Des- Disney. And so that was something that was a big deal. And my grandmother had come out from New York. And um, so anyhow, uh, she did that. She was the, the Duchess on Red Rider. These are things that I, you know, I was so young. I, I didn't really know about uh, until much later. But um, yes, uh, in answer to your question, I had um, a background of knowing about that, but I, it, to me, it didn't mean anything. And, and so I didn't pay attention. And I actually didn't really appreciate the talent of my grandmother. But, um, but that's, that's, she won a, 
a beautiful award from uh, Red Skelton, uh, and that was for uh, television. She was uh, the Duchess on Red Rider, which I mentioned, and she was also uh, Polly the Panhandler. I don't know all these different things, but I write about it in my podcast. But the thing is that most people don't really pay attention to the podcast because when I first started my website, they said, who is she? And so, and I understand that, but, um, but here I am. Yeah, basically, she's like the female version of Mel Blank. I think prior to Mel Blank, I mean, she started um, sooner than he did, I'm thinking, or re- relatively the same time. You're absolutely right. Bingo. Yes. And, and you know, from my grandmother, which she tried to get me to follow in her footsteps, but I didn't pay any attention. And then as I was maturing, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and of course I, I, we traveled, my family traveled. Um, my father was very successful and he loved to, we'd go to the Cannes Film Festival, the Venice Film Festival. We'd go to, I went to finishing school in Switzerland, Lausanne. And so I've, I've been around a lot. <laughs> I've even lived um, in, well, I've, I've lived just about all over the world and it's been an exciting thing, but the bottom line is I have, um, I guess from my grandmother, I can speak in, in so many different, um, with so many different dialects and uh, so many different characters. And I've never really gotten into that so much, but on the other hand, for example, uh, I have picked up, in, in the different shows that I've done, uh, I, I have different, you know, I can speak like a little girl or I can be very, very uh, sophisticated or I can be, um, how would I say, uh, let me think. I, I can I talk like this and in Man from Uncle, I was a girl from the South that was a manicurist. And in a way, oh, it's all there in my, in my, well, just the way I can talk. That's all there is to it. It's all over the place. <laughs> I, I can only imagine growing up as a girl, probably one of the treats. I don't know. I'm assuming she did this. Was your grandmother reading you bedtime stories or stories and her probably mimicking all these different, doing all these different voices? <laughs> Well, yes, and, and <clears throat> excuse me, I'm sorry, but yes, she did them all over. She was one of the top radio actresses, um, and so she she won awards, as I mentioned, and it was just like second nature to her. And I heard it and didn't pay attention and didn't give her the respect I probably should have, but with the same token, it did rub off on me. Um, it did. I did pick it up and it was inside of me, but I never really used it as much as I could have, but, um, nobody knew about it, I guess. No, nobody really knew. Uh, when I say nobody, I mean people I'd go out for parts in, in film and or television and they just mostly looked at me as a, 
pretty girl with a good figure. And um, so I didn't get a chance to really do and be the person that could have really blown some minds. It would have been very exciting. Well, there, there's one role we're, I'm going to get to later on where I think you came probably the closest to showing range and, and definitely being a character in, in one of your movies. And uh, actually, I'll mention it now. Run Home Slow. Oh, boy. Run Home Slow. That was, I didn't even know anybody there except for, of course, I knew, <clears throat> excuse me, I'm sorry. I knew, um, uh, what was the name of the uh, star? Mercedes, in, Mercedes McCambridge. Yes, exactly. And of course, she was fantastic in uh, the film with Rock Hudson and Elizabeth Taylor. Um, um, giant. Yes. And uh, she played the sister of, uh, of um, um, sorry, sorry, sorry. I'm trying to remember myself. I know she got the Oscar for all the King's men and, Basically, yes, she did. Yes, she did. Uh huh. That's that's exactly right. Well, she was just a brilliant actress. Yes, and was nominated in Giants. I mean, you're just talking one of the one of the great actresses, and here you are working with her. Yes, exactly. And I had I really didn't know that much about her at that time, um, but I knew that I could see her talent. Uh, it was incredible. But um, and she was she was wonderful to work with. But we, it was a strange film, and it was, um, I took the part because it was kind of my first part to be able to do anything, and I knew that I had to be a, a very strange, kind of crazy, uh, out-of-this-world young woman. And so um, that's what I played, and that's who I was on the film, in the film. Yes. Oh, exactly. Because I, I I watched the movie, and you definitely were. I guess you could say your character was kooky. <laughs> Bingo! <laughs> yes, absolutely true. Yes, one hundred percent. And but the whole the whole family, for the most part, was. Uh, they were all nuts. Yeah, I think the only one, who, the one who was the least nuts, was um was Rhett, who got who got shot and was basically dying for the whole movie and. Yes, he was that's the least true. insane, but the, but everybody else was just pure, and and now was the most um psychopathic, and that was of course Mercedes' character, and it, it's it's interesting how she was driving everybody and, and basically all to ruinage. Yes, you're absolutely true, one hundred percent. You got it. But the reason I bring it up that was one of the, the I think of your movies. That's the your biggest role. I mean, the role where you're given the most to the most screen time, so to speak. Yes, and that was my first one uh, that I did on uh, you know that kind of film. Um, it's before I did. It was right around the time I started with the Ben Casey. That was my first role on t TV, and I played um, the daughter of, of a policeman and. Um, but that was introducing Billing, and that was terrific. I was very excited about playing that, and then I went on to doing all kinds of other shows that I, I'm even talking about now in my um, podcast, in my current podcast. I know, I know. And 
just going to make the run home slow. How long, how long of a shoot was it? Do you remember? Was it just a couple of weeks or was it longer? Uh, which one? Run, uh, run home slow. Oh, run home slow. That was, um, that was, I think it was probably a couple of weeks. We were out in the Mojave, Mojave desert. It was dreadful. Um, I, my mother was there, but also we had our, um, <laughs> don't think I'm being, uh, uh, braggadocious, but we did have my, uh, we did have our house, our housekeeper, our lady that was at the home and, and took care of us when my parents weren't there or whatever. And, you know, she was part of the family actually. So um, it was fantastic. Her name was Mabel, and she was the best, absolutely the best. She was from Mobile, Alabama, and just incredible woman. I know from listening to your podcast, it was it's basically like she was your second mom, you know, raising you That's up. right. Yes, yes. You're absolutely correct on that. So um, I, I've had a very uh, colorful life, but. <laughs> Excuse what I'm going to say, but you ain't seen nothing yet. <laughs> because what I have uh, through my travels and through um, perhaps um, misjudging some people that I had met, um, I went through a lot of unbelievably scary things. Um, nearly died, <laughs> not from being, not from having any disease, but I had so many close calls. And this is why I know I have to, and I will, um, have a book, but if uh, the book will be exciting as heck, but I can say it's definitely a, um, it's definitely something that will be, uh, it would be a great television. Uh, it, it, it would be incredible, Utter, utterly incredible, because it's. Uh, I, I go all over the world, and um, it's something that people would. <laughs> well, they're going to be shaking their heads and saying, oh, "How could that be? How could she have done that?" Oh! <laughs> but I did. And I got in trouble with my dad, <laughs> but, but I wasn't, um, I wasn't breaking the law. Well, uh, I'm not going to get into that right now, <laughs> I'm sure but, the, um, I'm sure the statute of limitations has passed. <laughs> well, that's true too. Yes. Thank you for that. <laughs> that's good. <laughs> very good. Very quick. That's thank you. So, um, so we're, we're going forward and, um, I have so many people that are, uh, it's, it's overwhelming because it, it's nothing that I had expected when I went and, and went on the, uh, you know, podcast or anything like that. It was just something that people would say, well, you should do this or that or whatever. And I did. And then things started to happen and I was, I've just been, well, blown away. Uh, it's been exceptional. Now, the movie Run Home Slow came out in 1965, but as you mentioned, you were in several different TV series guest appearancing, doing guest, guest shots, and one of them, I grew up watching this in reruns all the time, 
It's it's one of my favorites. My favorite Martian. Oh yes, that was wonderful. Absolutely wonderful. And you know, there were so many. Uh, it was like, well, you know, they just kept after me and after me and after me. And then um, I dropped out because I, I got married and um, had a little boy. And then that changed my whole life. And from there is what happens. Uh, well, uh, there's, I talk about it in my current podcast that I'm doing, which should be out by tomorrow. But um, it's, it's, um, it's alarming what people go through and they have no, um, well, I had no idea. And, you know, things like, well, I, I don't, I don't, I don't go by a script here. I'm, I'm like flying here on by the, by the seat of my pants when I'm talking to you. Um, but it's just, it's rather extraordinary and it's something that nobody would think about and no one would, uh, would actually, well, they just wouldn't have any idea of how these things can happen. And it's like in the movies, but it's real life to me what happened. So that's that. And, um, you know, there were, uh, I went, I I did a film with Elizabeth Taylor and Richard Burton and Peter Ustinoff. It was the director. And Hammersmith is out. That's exactly right. And I, I was supposed to have a, a very good part in that. And Elizabeth Taylor was, um, she didn't want to have anybody that was attractive, uh, too attractive. And I, of course, was much younger than she, but um, she she just told the, the director, told Peter that that was the way it was. And um, so, and that wasn't the only time that happened to me. But um, as it turned out, I was, um, I had a, I, I played the part of a real estate woman and a kind of a, a weirdo, <laughs> it's just a silly, silly thing, but I did that. And, um, and I, I did what I was supposed to do, but I was, I had a little accent and I was like, Oh, well, <laughs> that kind of thing. So, um, anyway, that's, that's, uh, that was that one. And then, um, there were several others that I did as well. You know, I don't put my list on. I should have uh, in preparing for this uh, chat with you, this podcast, but um, it's, I'm like, I'm like right off the cuff. (laughs) So excuse me if I'm not giving you more info. Oh, no, that's fine. That's fine. Because I'm I'm just curious, um, Bo Bridges. Yes. Now working with him. Well, that's a good question. However, I can't answer because I didn't have any scenes with him. Ah. Mm-hmm. But you might have if it wouldn't have been for Elizabeth Taylor, possibly. I don't know what the original script had in it, so it's... 
Well, um, my scene was um, I played a real estate woman and uh, showing a piece of property to Peter Ustinov. And um, it was my my part that was supposed to be much bigger was squeezed down. And uh, they kept saying, um, well, somebody kept saying, no, she, she can't. She can't look. No, she. So I put on an accent, as I said, and um, I wasn't. I didn't get really any close-ups or anything like that. It, it was more like, okay, well, we have to. We have to have this person do the part. So let's just uh, have her do it and and get the heck out of Dodge. <laughs> so that that was um, that was how that happened. And um, there there were other things you know many things that happen in when you're acting in film and in television but um for the most part all of my everything that I did was sensational and um I'm not talking about my acting necessarily I'm talking about the people were so kind and so nice and and really it was very very wonderful and nothing nothing ugly for the most part, I would say. Absolutely. That's, that's good to hear. And I know you've, like you said, you, you're you you're in a movie. We said, like you said, with Richard Byrd and Elizabeth Taylor, but you also were in a, a movie that I liked watching recently. Little, Fa- mm-hmm. little false and big Halsey. Oh, would you have to? <laughs> Robert Redford. Well, Robert Redford there. I mean, well, yes, Robert Redford. That's exactly right. And he was, he was so amazing. He was so tender and so, um, when I say tender, I don't mean by touching or anything. He was, he was compassionate. He felt uh, for me, and there was a scene that um, I wasn't supposed to have, but um, it was there, and I was not happy with it. And I kept talking to the director and the producer, and the producer said, "No, I, I." He said, "I agree with you. I agree with you, Linda." Um, and it was um, so. It was a situation, but uh, I got through that. And um, then there was another film that I did. Um, oh. I, I had like a one line in a movie called The Party, and that was Blake Edwards. And I didn't get the part because there was a gentleman that was controlling the money, and um, I wasn't, um, how do I say? I wasn't, I wasn't able to, um, I didn't want to go out with him. <laughs> he, was, he was one of those. He was one of those guys. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And because of that, Blake Edwards was a doll, and he said, "Well, you're going to do something in this movie." Well, I, I, I looked good, but, um, but that was, um, it was, I, I was, I just wasn't um, a, a runaround Sally girl. And I don't mean that by uh, naming anybody by the name of Sally, but I, I was very, very strict about how I, how I conducted my life, uh, et cetera. 
And, and, at least, so, and at least Blake Edwards was honorable enough to make sure you had a role. And it seems like he was, I was always, I've always heard good things about Blake Edwards. I've never heard anything. He bad. was I, for 100%. He was fantastic. And he tried. Um, he said, well, I think she's really good at that and blah, blah, blah. And, um, you know, there's, there are the money people. And, um, and even though he's a great director, and uh, so forth and so on. But you don't always, as um, a talented actor or even as a person that's directing, you don't always get your choice. Uh, they they don't always get their choices. So um, that's the way the, you know, that's just showbiz, I guess. Yeah, that's the way, sadly, it is. And um, I think he probably, Blake Edwards probably would have got his way more later on in his career then because this is more in the early edges at end of his career, you know, as a director. So he probably would have had more pull. Probably, probably. Um, I just, you know, when I look back, I say to myself, well, I wish I'd done this or done that, you know, but I can't go back. And I, right now I look forward to everything that's coming. There's, there's a lot of stuff coming my way and I'm very very excited about it and so for that uh, I can be most grateful I also did a um, what was the uh, TV show um, um, let me think hold on I have lists and lists um, you've done a lot of TV shows it, <laughs> yes 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 but but I did the one with um the detective, um, you must have a list of it there. I'm, I'm trying to think. I'm looking at I'm to, uh, the detective. Uh, I'll edit this part. Out. I'll read a few of them off, and then and then we'll see which one hits you. Then we'll then I'll we'll, then I'll put this part back in. Um, was it the occasional wife? Uh, no, that's not that's not a detective. This one was the um, um No, I I I don't have it on here. Um uh, crazily I don't. But um Oh, Columbo. Co- that was it. Columbo. It, it was near Absolutely the end. right. And 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 so what what happened just interrupt. We're going to pick up because I'm going to edit this other the prior part out. And the movie, the, move, the, the detective you're trying to think of is Columbo. <laughs> that was it. No, that was it. And he was fantastic. But how it happened was that there was a person to play the part, and she was ill or or something happened to her. And so at the last minute, I was called by. Uh, one of the producers who said, Linda, could you fill in for us? It's not your kind of a part. You're going to play a maid and uh, so forth and so on. Uh, but but please, will you do this? Because we're stuck. <laughs> we're just <laughs> stuck. And I said, absolutely. I'm delighted to do that. And so I, I, I did. And I had a slight European accent in it. And um, I tried to look as plain as possible. And um, I was married to a British gentleman uh, who was playing the butler, and it it worked out just fine. And so people say, "Why did Why did you take that part?" And I say, "Because I, you know, I, I'm 
I'm not that difficult. Um, like there are many people that wouldn't do things like that, but I did that because it made me happy and that I could help, um, some, you know, do something on that show. So, um, that was, that was that. And, um, there also, um, Gosh, I've got so many. I was going to say, and being able to work with Peter Falk doesn't hurt either. <laughs> oh, he he was amazing. Absolutely amazing. And, oh, by the way, uh, let me skip over and say that working with Agnes Moorhead, you know, I worked with her on a, a show that was called, it was a movie of the week called Rolling Man. Yes. And um, that was a great part because for me, I loved it because I played uh, the wife of of kind of like a real low, uh, she lived in a trailer park and she had three kids and her husband was off working and he didn't pay any attention to her. So she was in need. This was in the South. It wasn't filmed in the South, but it was, uh, that's where it was supposed to have taken place. So um, yes, it, it was terrific because I really got to get into that, that character. I loved it. And uh, she was just a bitch. <laughs> and, and she was a, 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 someone that would, you know, pick up with just about any guy she could. And um, so I loved that part. And um, that's, you know, a, here I am going on about that, but it was, it was terrific. And, uh, there, there's so many guys. There's so many different and, ones. And you got to work with yes. Agnes Moorhead again because you did the well, that's what, her and Bewitched. I mean, it's, it's like Well, amazing. that's it. That's it. That's exactly what I was going to say. And um, so she she was an amazing actress. I, I, had, I had admired her for years, but my gosh, amazing. And um, so it was delightful to work with her again. And, um, you know, to be able to have those two parts. Excellent. Excellent. Yeah, I was going to say, cause you, cause that, that TV, that TV movie you mentioned has Dennis Weaver, Slim Pickens. I mean, it has Donna Mills. I mean, you, you talk about a, like a, a, a cast list that's out there for a TV movie. That's a, that's excellent. Yeah. I was happy. I died in the early part. <laughs> but in a, in a dreadful uh, accident, but, um, Outside of that, uh, it was it was wonderful because I was just uh, it was a part that I had never played before, and it was great to be able to do that. So um, yes, yes, and um, what else? Well, I think that's the great part as an actress is when you get to play parts that challenge you and and, and show your range, you know, and, and you're not and yes. you're willing to go for it, whether it's a maid, whether it's playing somebody who is not really well liked as, as, as Crystal was in the, in that movie, you know, whereas, as you called her a bitch, you know, so it's, it, mm-hmm. and then you're playing nice people, but you're also playing villains on occasion. And you know, I got to bring up you, you were, you were a villain in one of my favorite TV shows. And still to me, he is, he's my Batman. Cause he was my first Batman, Adam West, when you were the moth in oh. two episodes. And, and your costume yes. is still amazing. <laughs> well, that's true. That's absolutely true. And um, they they did a great job with that. 
and I and Frank Gorshin was sensational. Adam West was super, and he was um, he didn't live that far from me. Um, at one point, he was living in Pacific Palisades, and I used to jog. I was like an exercise maven, and still am. But um, yes, it it was it was great, and um, he he uh, Adam West was one of the kindest, most, I, I just can't say how wonderful he was. So he, he was a good friend. And um, I will say also that there was, um, um, let me just think here, on, on, in that particular show, uh, um, uh, Batman, I, I would say that I, I do a whole thing. I write a whole thing about um, the Riddler, uh, yes. and he he was he was serious. He was serious, Sam, and he was absolutely brilliant in everything that he did. And I I was anxious to work with him, and it was a, it was a wonderful experience. Absolutely wonderful. And then, of course, Man from Uncle, uh, that was terrific. And I will say this that there was um, the two stars of that, David McCallum and Robert Vaughn. Uh, Robert Vaughn was, oh, he hurt my feelings so badly. I played a manicurist in that. And, um, but it was a very, it was a good part. And I, I talked with a Southern accent, you know. He he was. He said to me, "You're never going to go anywhere. You're never going to do anything. What's what's with you?" And I, so David McCallum was the sweetest, and he said, "Don't pay any attention." He said he's always like that, and so that was very hurtful to me. It it, it upset me, and I I I had to keep from crying in a couple of a couple of scenes, but. I got through it, <laughs> you know, you get through it to get to it. And, um, and that's what I did. And, um, one of my other favorite, uh, Oh, of course I talk about Gidget because Sally Field, that was one of her beginning shows that she ever did. And she couldn't have been more fantastic. And that was the first show TV show, uh, after, after the, um, ben Casey? yeah, after Ben Casey, that's exactly right. That's the first, show that I did and it was wonderful absolutely wonderful and um and then of course <laughs> so many but um that was a good thing of course um I'm saying of course of course but um <laughs> it's in the course of this conversation that I can say of course <laughs> so, if, only, anyway. if only you're in the show Mr. Ed then we can even keep saying it even more <laughs> <laughs> oh my 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 <laughs> yes 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 so um what else well, what else i mean I, there, it's just like forever it goes on forever well the interesting thing i wanted to bring up was sally field i interviewed her son eli craig um about okay. a year or so ago and he was telling uh -huh. me, he was telling me that she told him that the biggest thing about being a star is the fame. Like, because when he was starting to be a director, he started off as an actor and then went into directing. 
and, mm-hmm. and he, she was like, you got to worry about the fame because like, who's real, who's not real. It, it's so hard to tell. Did that happen mm-hmm. with you where you had people where you're like, are these people, are they real or not real? Did that happen to you as much? Well, no, it, it, it didn't because, well, for example, when there would be big stars, uh, like Hammersmith is out, um, that would be a situation where, you know, if she just, uh, I mean, Elizabeth Taylor just did not want, the moment she saw me, she did not want me. And so that was the way the cookie crumbled on that one. And, um, and then, of course, there was, um, I did a Jerry Lewis show, um, and... <laughs> Jill St. John was the guest on that, and she looked, she took a photo, I mean, she took a look at a big photo that that was blown up uh, of me, and she said, who's that? And I said, um, I mean, and Jerry Lewis said, oh, that's, you know, that's Linda, she's doing so-and-so, and she said, out, off, I don't want it. So that, those kinds of things are uh, things that happen in show business with people that are more well known. And then, so you just have to be prepared and know that it's, it is what it is. And I never wanted to ever be something that would, someone that would put anybody down. I felt that that was not the way to be just, not just in show business, but in life. You know, it's, it's very important to have respect and be kind to others. Oh, I, I agree. And it, cause the whole thing, my thing is, is if you support the other actors that you're with or the other people you're with, it makes everybody's performances rise up and then everybody's getting better. I agree. I absolutely agree. 100%. And many actors don't really get that, but, um, but most of them do. And, uh, for example, when I worked with um, Susan Strasberg and Jack Nicholson in Psych Out, that was, that was a really fun part. I had a small part, but it was fun. And I had studied with her dad, uh, um, uh, Strasberg, and Lee Strasberg. And so it was just, it was a wonderful, wonderful experience. But... Jack Nicholson was so nice, just so nice. And uh, there are people that are generous, and then there are people that are, you know, just not. And and you just go along with who whoever or whatever the situation is, and you try to do your best. And and that's uh, the best way to, I think, the best way to do things in life. Oh, I, I, heart, I wholeheartedly agree with you because I think, especially in every industry, but especially in your industry, if you're treating everybody with kindness uh, and, and you do the job well, you're going to be re- used again in other other work, and and it built and it pays forward, you know, because you're doing that. Where if you, mm-hmm. if you're being um, poor, treating people poorly, then they're then they're going to start weighing the benefits. How much are they bringing? how much are they worth? Cause they're going to bring these negatives with them too, where if you're not bringing any negatives and all you're doing is bringing positives, it's a lot easier for them to say we want him or her. 
That's right. That's, that you're absolutely correct on that. And um, as I'm as I'm going forward here in in my writing and in you know doing anything that uh, is going to be important regarding whether it's a movie or um, series or or you know just a book, I don't know. But I do know this: I I can feel it. I can just feel it because there are so many things that people have no idea about and they'll say, huh? Come on. I mean, it's like I make it up, but it's not. It's all real. And um, so what else can we say? Well, one of the things in Batman, one of your co-villains, the henchman, was Mm -hmm. was Joe... I'm not sure if I'm saying his last name right. Tata or Tate or Tate Tata. Oh, Joey Tata. Tata. And yes. You were, you, oh, he was fabulous. You were with him there and also in Lost in Space. Yes. <laughs> yes. It's absolutely right. Uh, he he was just a, a neat guy. He he was he was wonderful. He had a great sense of humor, and I can't say enough good things about him. Uh, just it was wonderful. Absolutely wonderful. And I was, there were only maybe two times in my career that I had the, where I cried. And one of them was the one that I said about in Man from Uncle. And um, then there was one other one that I don't want to discuss, but, but it just, you know, it's, it's life. And, you know, you can go out for a job and you want to be a, the best secretary or whatever it is. And you can, also be you know very well you can be sensitive and you get turned down and and you just have to uh shake yourself off and get get up and get all you know get over it that's what i can say because it's um that's the way life is and you have to um you have to deal with it and um you cannot blame yourself unless you've done something that's wrong. And then in that case, you learn from what you did wrong and you don't do it again. Exactly. Because life is, everybody's learning every day. And and you try, mm-hmm. and if you pay attention and you learn from that, then you won't make that same mistake again. It's, or some people just don't seem to take the time to learn from what's happening around them and they keep making the same mistake and you wonder why they're not getting anywhere. Right, right. You're absolutely correct. So now what does it feel like to be probably the only person in the world to not only knock out Bruce Lee once, but (laughs) but twice in the same episode? (laughs) Cause I I was, I was watching it again recently. I'm like, maybe she takes him down not only once, but twice. Whoa. (laughs) You know, he was without doubt, the nicest, the most professional. He he was like a pal, a friend, and um, he he never make it, never made any passes, nothing like that. It was all we were like friends, absolute friends. And um, he, you know, he had that lovely wife Linda also, and um, but he was he was at a time in his life where he was kind of not knowing which way to go and what to do and this, that, and the other. And he would, 
he would talk to me and want my advice all the time. And that was fine. I mean, I'm, I was happy to give him advice, but I don't, you know, I, well, I talk about it in my, <laughs> in my podcast um, about that. But um, I talk about all the things. I, I mean, I just absolutely don't hold back. I'm, I'm very forthcoming. But he was sensational, and uh, he, <laughs> and I, <laughs> in in one particular at one particular point, uh, he had been teaching me some karate, and so um, I accidentally came close to hitting someplace that I shouldn't have, <laughs> kicking, actually, it was a kick. And uh, so like, his eyes, his eyes flew open like a, three times the size. And he said, oh, you can't do it. Oh, no. and, uh, you know, it was, it was absolutely, but we ended up laughing about it. And, and, and he was great. <laughs> absolutely great. And I, you know, he, basically was a very serious person, but he did, uh, he did offer some wonderful, um, he could be really fun and, and, uh, and laugh, but I don't know that he did that with a lot of people, but with, I have a great sense of humor. Thank you. Thank you, God. But, um, I, but I think it's important, uh, the endorphins in one's life, uh, when they, when you laugh, you know, it's very, very healthy. So um, it's something I was raised with probably my grandmother and my dad laughed a lot and so did my mother. And so it was a pretty happy family, except for when my dad lost his temper. That was not a good thing. <laughs> but um, yes, yes, and yes. But the Green Hornet, I mean, because I guess he was talking to you about what he was going to do next because that was the pretty much the last two episodes. You were in those last two. Yes, I was. And yes, I, I was. And I guess he probably but I had hardly, I had hardly any, you know, it was like, I was this woman that could put out her hand and, or her arm and, you know, and, and create all kinds of, I don't know, uh, what do we, what do we want to call it? Um, Electric shock. Yes. <laughs> Electric shocks. That's, that's absolutely right. So, uh, yes. And I did that. Um, but I didn't have I, my lines. I mean, um, I'm trying to remember. Um, no, I, 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 I don't know. I don't think I really talked. Did you talked, I? You talked a little bit, but pretty much you were repeating what um, Larry Mann, Dr. Mabuse would tell you. Cause, uh-huh. Cause he would say, and he goes, right, right. Velma, Velma. And you'd go, and you'd basically repeat either word for word or pretty much the same thing that he would say. And it kept people, it kept me wondering the whole time. All right, I know she's not an alien because if I know we're spoiling a little bit, you get this spoiled in the first episode, early in the first episode. <laughs> but I kept, yeah. thinking, I kept thinking, did he build her? Is she a, an android? You know, until the very end, I did not know. Because of the way you portrayed it, whether you were a human or an android, until well, the very you know, end. <laughs> that's a very, very, very important uh, remark that you made. Because the director, uh, he was, he told me exactly how to be, but then he never said anything about the fact that I was going to be 
human. I you know, it was just <laughs> kind of blew my mind, and I said, "Ah, I'm gonna now. I'm gonna be a, a human person pretending that I was this robot person." I it was it was a little confusing, but it was uh, it just happens sometimes, you know. Well, it only happens in the end when they when they explain how you're able to do the electric shock and you had this battery pack around you or something. I'm thinking, yeah, okay. All I got to do is rewatch it, not watch the end part, and and you're the android the whole way through. And I I think I'm going with my my head cannon and and keep you. That's in. it. <laughs> you got it. <laughs> that's it. One hundred percent. I think that's the best choice. And and that's not the only time you've played a robot. Yes. Because in because in Westworld with the wonderful. Yul Brenner, who I just I just love to death. Uh, you you are Arlette, and, and you got the you were playing a uh, a, a woman of the night. <laughs> yes, yes. Uh, well, a robot of the night. <laughs> That's for sure. <laughs> and um, but but I I was writing about that and. There, um, I'm just finishing my uh, the podcast, um, uh, the podcast on Bonanza. But then I go into when I'm finished with that, I go into talking about uh, what you know, part of my life, uh, little you know, bits and pieces of I little by little by little I I go uh, and talk about my life, and it's very interesting. Not not from me saying it, but from others saying it. And I've had many people that say, listen, we don't want to listen about, listen necessarily to what happens in you, in, in your part, but we want to hear about your life. So, um, and I, I only, you know, I do a little bit by little bit, but the bottom line that I was going to say is that when, uh, when I was doing that, I, I felt, uh, and, and I'm just, I'm just about finished writing this. Um, but the reason I got that part was because I had a neighbor. Um, I was living in Benedict Canyon at the time uh, with my um, husband and my little boy and my and our nurse and so forth and so on. But the bottom line was that I. That there was something that happened, which I talk about in my podcast, and it's um, it was very very traumatic, and I didn't know what to do. And then I ran. I was jogging one day again, <laughs> and uh, I had this neighbor of mine who lived up the street and with his family, and uh, he said, "Hey, Linda, you know, come on." Uh, over and have a glass of wine I said okay I'll take a shower and be up there shortly and he and his wife were very very nice and he happened to be an actor and um, he said you know there's going to be this movie at MGM and I think I'm telling you there's going to be a good part in there for you and you you should go for it and I said, well, I don't, I don't even have an agent. And he said, that's okay. He said, I'll arrange it. So he arranged it and I went out and uh, Michael Crichton was a, just an absolute incredible human being. 
he he was and the funny thing is that I write about one of in or one of my earlier podcasts but uh he was a writer of course everybody by now knows that but he had written books under a nom de plume when he was going to school back at Harvard and when he he visited uh when we talked about it etc he was well, how do I say this? He was, uh, I had read his books, <laughs> at least three of his books under his non de plume, and I had no idea that he was, you know, going to be the director in, in that film. But bottom line on that was that um, the gentleman that lived up the street and told me to, and, and, I think he arranged the um, the interview with uh, Michael, but that was a situation that Jimmy Brolin, James Brolin, the husband of you know who Barbara Streisand now. But yes, exactly right. That's that's and and no no. No, no, um, absolutely not. But um, anyway, he was he was a friend, and he and I there was no relationship except for friendship. And he was just if I if it hadn't been for Jimmy Brolin telling me and setting it up and doing all that, I never would have I would I would never have known about that part. Never, because I wasn't really getting back into that at that time uh, I wasn't doing films at that time well maybe a little bit but uh, anyway that was a, a big thing and I had no idea about how everything was going to come down and all this and I was a nervous wreck oh with regard to <laughs> uh, you know how it was going to be filmed and uh, well what am I going to be well, what you know well I I can't do and uh, the vapors the vapors I was was really, really nervous. And Michael Crichton was so fantastic. And he was, he was there and, and obviously there, but he was like made everybody, it was like a closed set and nobody could really see anything. And then also, of course, um, uh, my 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 Richard, uh, Richard Benjamin. Yes, yes, yes. Richard was sensational, and he would say to me, "Don't worry, don't worry. Nobody can say anything. I'll make sure the the, the sheet will be here." <laughs> you know, so it was perfect, and I I was so happy about the kindness and the consideration and everything like that. It was it was it was just. I was a happy girl, happy woman, happy. <laughs> um, so everybody is, it's its all good. It's all good. But I have to ask you, when you're on set, you know, you might not, you know, you might not have seen directly with him, but him being there, did you get, did you get a chance to um, talk to Yul Brenner at all? You know, I would love to say yes, but I cannot. Because he was so, I mean, yes, in, in, in passing, but I never really had any kind of conversations. He was the most determined 
and uh, absolutely someone that was not going to be deterred in any way from doing his part as that robot bad guy. And that was brilliant on his part, of course. He's, he's always, he's always, or was always, um, just, uh, how do I say? He, he is, he goes into his roles and never comes out until he, until the, the, uh, until that particular scene or that particular film is completed. I mean, you can see that in the King and I. You know, so um, yes, he was uh, he was he was fantastic, but uh, no, I never had lengthy conversations with him whatsoever. I'd like to say yes, but I cannot. Oh, I totally understand because I think I know in your podcast you mentioned back with Batman with Frank Gorshin that he, as you said, alluded to earlier when he showed up as the Riddler, he was in character, oh, and so you yes. really get to know the man, but. But that everybody goes and approach, approaches their roles differently, and some people just like to stay in that focus, and they and they end up putting out great work. And you, everybody's a different method. Yes, it's very true. And I I find myself when I'm when I'm doing certain parts when I have done them, I I I actually become that person, and um and yeah, that's that does happen. So um. So in in chatting with you about that, it's uh, what you say is really true. Now, being a Star Trek fan, I have to ask you if you had any time to talk with, uh, oh, geez, Magil Barrett. Angela Lansbury? No, no, Magil Barrett from the Westworld. She was in it too. She played, I think, the um, saloon owner. Sorry, I don't think I met her. Okay. That's why I was just wondering, you know, because you never know. That's why I was just bringing it up. And then somebody, you and I, I got to meet you and her. Wait, wait, at the, well, wait a minute. Are you talking about the girl at, um, I'm, I'm back to, east? I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm switching to a different girl, I'm a different actress now. Um, okay. But yeah, but at Mid Atlantic Nostalgia Convention, I got the yes. great fortune of meeting both you in person and. Sharon Winters, who played the Apache girl. Well, that Sharon, Sharon is a darling. She's she's absolutely a wonderful human being. She's a uh, she's smart, and she's not doing too much acting anymore whatsoever. She's a doctor, and um, she's sensational. And she and I got along very very well. And so Nancy Kovac was also sensational. She she couldn't have been nicer, or more giving, and just uh, you know. Terrific lady. Oh, and all three of you are right next to each other. And for for, for a fan <laughs> yes. like me, it was just like you 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 open you go into that area, you walk through the doorway, and there you see Sharon Winters. Right next to her is Linda Gay Scott, and right around the corner, but you could see there's Nancy Kovac. Nancy, and, and, yeah. and, and, and you and you got to keep your legs from going out, you know, so you don't you don't faint, fall over. You know, it's like oh my lord, there they are, all three of them. <laughs> Well, you had to keep your legs because I didn't have to worry about mine. <laughs> oh my goodness. <laughs> that was a good one. That was a good one. Okay. So, 
Um, is there anything else here? We, we've covered a lot, but, um, you know, this can, this can, yes, go ahead. Go ahead. There's only one other thing I was going to ask you, and that was if we had time. Lost in Space. When you played yes. Girl, when you played Darren Girl, and we, and we talked about. No got, surprise there. <laughs> you're, you're an alien. You're a robot. You're an, or, or, you're, you're, oh, my god! You're still human. I mean, who knows? Oh, you're, you're, my you're, gosh. You're, you're all over. But this, this you're like, you're the, you're the hippie alien. <laughs> oh, wow. What a deal. But Jonathan uh, yeah. Harris and Jonathan Harris, what was, what was it like? You, you got to work with Guy Williams, Jonathan Harris, Daniel J. Travante. I mean. Oh, oh, Dan uh, Travante was excellent. He, he was fantastic. And. Everybody was good, and of course Joey was on there too, wasn't he? Yes, he was. He was the he was yeah. the short alien, poor guy. Yeah. Well. <laughs> okay. Oh, that's not nice. That's but how they yes. List them. That's uh, how they list no, them. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not calling you out on it. No, I'm just saying that. You know, I I fire that guy, whoever you know gave those gave that kind of um um you know who would describe him as that way. But anyway, um, I guess that's what they wanted. So, but um, no, listen, everything, everything is good. Everything works out in, in, in many, many good ways and um, mostly wonderful ways. And I think that being positive and being um, respectful and um, doing your job properly, um, that is, that's what, that's what they pay you for, you know, to, to, to do that and to follow what it is that, uh, you're led to do by your heart and by your talent. And so that's, that's that. And, and I have enjoyed this conversation tremendously and we've had some great laughs. Oh, I think, I think this last five minutes, I think we've, I think we both almost burst a lung. <laughs> <laughs> I think I've laughed more in this interview. The, the only one that comes even close, and, and you, this one surpasses it, was my Donnie Dunnigan interview, which was one of the first ones I did. And that was because he was dropping so many humorous stories. In, and <laughs> and uh, I think with both of us laughing, I think this is the one where the, the most where I'm laughing, and, and both of the, both the interviewee and the interviewer are laughing hysterically. I think this is definitely the top one. <laughs> Well, that's good. That's good. And you know, it's, as I said to you before, it's really, really healthy to laugh. And, um, I, I'm sure you do laugh a lot anyway, don't you? Oh, you have to, you know, it's, it's, it's every day I look in the mirror, if I either wake up and laugh or cry and I just decide to laugh, you know, so it's, <laughs> was it a bad hair day? <laughs> <laughs> My son, I'm sorry. Okay. That's my sense of humor, you know. Oh, I know. If my, if my older son was hearing this, he goes, he has to have hair to have a bad hair day. And I, and I, got, a lot of, and I got a lot of hair. It's just, you know, he's young. It's on your chest. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay. 
But well, I don't know. Were you wearing a hat when I met you? No, no, no. I, um, I was not wearing a hat. I, 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 I'm not bald. It's just you know that kind of stuff. But it's just oh, you're not bald. No, okay. No, no. But, but to, to, okay. A, to a 22-year-old, you know, he just he looks like you know, your children always are the ones to keep you humble. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I, I I can go for that. <laughs> but I think you're right. I just want to let your listeners know that Linda's bumpy ride. We we touched a little bit about some of the stories she shares. I was trying to avoid giving too much away as Linda was because she does an excellent job telling you herself. You know, there's eight episodes out by the time you're hearing this, and go enjoy it. There are about 25 minutes or so each. You know, some are a little less, some are a little more. So they're nice things to listen to when you're, if you're taking a drive to go to the supermarket or drive to go to work, you can listen to an episode and, and you'll have some laughs. You'll have some moments where you're like, Oh, you know, it's, it's life. And that's the way life is. Mm-hmm. You're right. You're right. Remember when um, I had my wedding at, uh, and the, <laughs> remember what happened to my mother-in-law? Oh my God. <laughs> Here we are. Bel Air Country Club, right? Oh my heavens, that was like ah oh, beyond. But um but then Michael got uh stuck in the lake with the um with that big with that creature that uh he remember when he jumped in when when we were uh in the Caribbean? Yep, he and he decided he wanted to Yeah, exactly. Oh my god. I've had more people ask me about that. Okay, so this has been fantastic and great, and I wish you the best. Um, and I look forward to perhaps another one in the in the future. And um, we'll just well, we'll just know that we had a very very good fun time in this interview. Oh, thank you so much, and I I had a great time. And and you're welcome back anytime you want to come on. Hopefully, maybe when you're book is out or maybe the, the TV series, you know, if we can, you know, plug that in and get people to, to either buy it or watch it. But right now, thank you so much. This is, this has been a great hour and plus of talking with you. Well, thank you. Thank you. And God bless you and your family. Okay. Well, God bless you too. Well, I hope everybody enjoyed that interview with Linda Gay Scott. Um, just remember, if you want to send us feedback, send it to us at diecastmoviepodcast at gmail.com. Or leave us a message on our Facebook page. Uh, don't forget also that coming up next month, June 16th through the 18th in 2023, is Monster Bash. I'm going to be there with my son, Ben. We're going to have a great time. If you want to know more about Monster Bash, here's a little promo for it. And we're going to have an upcoming episode, our next episode actually, where Ron Adams and I are going to talk about what's going to be happening at Monster Bash. And we're also going to talk about the movie Scared to Death. So hope everybody looks forward to that. And hope everybody gives it a listen to. Otherwise, right now, let's hear the promo. Bela Lugosi's Dracula, Monsters from Under the Sea, Atomic Frankensteins, and Grandpa Monster 2. Classic monster memorabilia vendors, movie and TV stars, signing autographed photos. It's all coming to the Marriott Pittsburgh North, June 16th through the 18th, 2023. It's Monster Bash. Fans who grew up with monster movies in the theater and on TV will descend on the Marriott Pittsburgh North. Hundreds and hundreds of fans. 
Don't you scare Miss Out as fans travel from all over the country to meet, shop, and enjoy classic monster entertainment. Coming to Monster Bash in June, Audrey Dalton, star of The Monster That Challenged the World, and Boris Karloff's thriller TV shows. Charlotte Austin, who starred in Frankenstein 1970 with Karloff and Ed Wood's The Bride and the Beast. Lynn Lugosi Sparks, the granddaughter of Dracula himself, Bela Lugosi. Daniel Roebuck, star of countless films, TV's Matlock, and Grandpa Munster in the latest Munsters movie. Plus, he's a super fan and collector of classic monster memorabilia. Beverly Washburn, actress in Spider Baby with Lon Chaney Jr., Thriller, and Disney's Old Yeller. Tom Savini, actor, makeup man, special effects genius, with credits that include Creep Show, Tales from the Dark Side, The Black Phone, and so much more. Pamela Pierce, actress and daughter of the director that brought us the legend of Boggy Creek. John Russo, co-writer and zombie from the original Knights of the Living Dead, the origin of the modern zombie. And Ohio TV horror host legend, the one and only Son of Ghoul, still creeping to TV sets after all these years. Plus Cleveland horror hosts, Drac and Countess Corita. Monster Bash is wall-to-wall -wall vendors and a giant horror hotel packed with classic monster movie fans. Don't miss out. Three-day VIP admission is $55 in advance or $60 at the door for all three packed days. Single-day admission at the door is $25. It's all at the Pittsburgh Marriott North, Friday through Sunday, June 16th through the 18th, 2023. Get your advanced membership admission online at creepyclassics.com. That's creepyclassics.com. More information is available at monsterbash.us or call 724-238-4317. It's Monster Bash.